BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Josh Marshall podcast with Kate Riga. This is another one of these, it's not quite an evergreen episode, kind of an evergreen episode. We're, we're recording in advance, we're recording this episode on Friday, July 28th. And this is one of those episodes where there's a pretty good chance that there will have been major news on the topic we're going to talk about by the time you hear it, which is next Wednesday, something like, I don't know, what is it, August the 2nd, something like that. So we're doing this episode with uh, full recognition that uh, it is, I don't know, more likely than not that by the time you're hearing this, there will have been uh, a series of January 6th indictments, presumably including uh, former President Donald Trump. One of the things that doesn't get... um, doesn't get discussed a lot in this conversation is that it's pretty hard to imagine it'll only be Donald Trump. I mean, that will be weird because, I mean, there's there's a kind of an endless number of co-conspirators. Many of them seem to have, seem to be cooperating. Uh, In terms of accountability, Trump is definitely the big one, but I don't know how you could do it and just say, yeah, it was just him. The others were just kind of like small bit players who so were not worried about them. I mean, that that doesn't make any sense. In any case, uh, maybe it won't have happened. Uh, we're recording this uh, in advance because my colleague, my co-host Kate, is going to be away next week. Uh, so we're, what we're going to do today, you know, again, good chance that'll already have happened and that will, you know, perhaps have changed the equation in some sense, but we've seen it coming for so long that I'm not sure how much it will change the equation. And we're all sort of assuming that's going to happen. And I think we know enough about the case that we have to a certain extent baked in the fall-on effects of, of that indictment, both in a, in a political and in an electoral context. But we're going to do today, we're going to talk about everything else. Because, you know, we, by the time we recorded this, we already knew about this superseding indictment in the Mar-a-Lago documents case. Uh, we're going to talk about that's going to be one of, our, one of our major topics today. But in addition to that, what I think a lot of people aren't fully focusing on is there are going to be a ton of, of things going on in court with Donald Trump next year. I mean, the list is longer than you think. So just, just as an example, just, just now, we'll, we'll, we'll kind of hit them briefly in advance. So we're assuming now that there are going to be four separate batches of felony indictments involving Donald Trump. The one in New York State, the one in Mar- the one tied to Mar-a-Lago, presumably a January 6th uh, set of indictments, and then another one down in Georgia. Uh, which, you know, which is obviously related to January 6th in all the ways we know. But that's not it. There's still New York Attorney General Tish James, who has this sort of like mega omnibus, all the ways you're bad state civil lawsuit against the Trump Corporation, which is not, it's, it's not a criminal one. It's not about putting Donald Trump in jail. It's about basically putting his company in jail or like, you know, um, exiling it from the state of New York or something like that. And E. Jean Carroll, who won a civil suit, both a civil suit um, about the fact, which the court, which the jury decided it was a fact that Donald Trump had raped her and also defamation tied to denying that he had raped her. He already won once, but then he went back and did the same, uh, did the same defamation again 
And the judge said, okay, yeah, you can sue him again, basically. So that's going to happen again. So that's six different trial things that are going to be uh, starting. They're actually going to start late this calendar year, and they'll probably be going on unless Trump is elected president, in which case he'll just shut them all down, but probably going on for like a couple of years or something like that. So, and one of the things that we're going to talk about today is that in addition to like, let's call those the sort of the, I don't know, the, the kind of the mainstream cinema trials, it's not including like the indie trials, right? The, the, there's a million other kind of random lawsuits, not all of which are meritless by any stretch of the imagination. But I mean, like everybody in the universe is, is suing Donald Trump or, you know, either his campaign or him or his company or stuff like that. So all this kind of things going on. Before we get to that, let me remind you that our podcast is brought to you by Grady's Cold Brew Ice Coffee. If you're tired of paying $5 for watered down, bitter iced coffee and ready to DIY instead, let me stop you before you Google how to make iced coffee at home. Making cold brew doesn't have to be complicated. You can do it without a French press, without a grinder, without a scale. You don't even need a measuring spoon. A beanbag bundle from Grady's gives you exactly what you need to make perfect iced coffee. Just drop your beanbags in a pitcher, add water and sleep on it. 12 hours later, you get 12 glasses of New Orleans style cold brew ready to enjoy all week. And that's for less than a dollar a glass. It's a no brainer. The only decision you have to make is whether you choose original French vanilla or decaf. If you're ready to give it a swirl, get 25% off at Grady'sColdBrew.com with promo code TPM. That's Grady'sColdBrew.com with promo code TPM. Okay, Kate Riga, do we, so the big news uh, that actually broke after we planned this episode was this superseding indictment, basically kind of not a sequel exactly, but kind of like, no, 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 wait, there's more in the, in the, in the, in the Mar-a-Lago documents case. So what's the story with that? What, what, what did we learn last night? Yeah. And just real quick before we launch into that, just a slight tweak. Um, when you're talking about Eugene Carroll in the intro, I technically they didn't, they didn't find that he raped her. They found him liable for uh, sexual abuse, which. Well, the reason I, the reason I, the reason I said it that way was but there was this, did you see this thing where, where um, Trump somehow went into court and, and, and they chose to litigate whether, because I guess she said yeah. rape and the, and the judge said, look, com, you know, it's rape, you know, by the common, by the, you know, by the ordinary English meaning he raped her. So, but yeah. as, so as a, as a, as a legal, as a legal categorization, it's sexual assault. But even the judge, I mean, I, I, I. I added it for that reason because you have to have either a really stupid lawyer or a really stupid client to work your way into the judge saying, "Okay, look, he raped her. That it happened. What can I say?" Right? I mean, right. Totally. They didn't have to. They didn't have to kind of like have that happen. They didn't All have right. to like you know litigate that distinction. Yeah. So you don't need me. You're covered on that. Um, but so yeah, superseding indictment broke last night, um, which is kind of funny because we here at TPM have been on like 24-7 indictment watch. And then the big news that breaks is like, oh, the other indictment, not the one we expected. Um, and so the thrust of it is that it includes a new defendant, which is Carlos D. Oliveira. Is that how we're saying it? Like, like Oliveira or something? Yeah, I, I'm not. Okay. Yeah. Um who I guess is the the property manager at Mar-a-Lago. And like the thrust of most of the details in the indictment is about um, wiping stuff from the servers, like the the kind of security uh, camera footage post getting a grand jury subpoena uh, for the footage. And they're kind of, you know, as these indictments have tended to do some like good little details in there about, you know, some consternation about whether this property manager guy was going to be loyal or not, being assured that he is. And then Trump calls him and is like, no worries, bro, I'll get you a lawyer. Like, it'll be fine. Um, so the revised indictment includes new charges against Trump himself, which include attempting to, quote, alter, destroy, mutilate, or conceal evidence, end quote, inducing someone else to do so. And then a new count under the Espionage Act related to the uh, the war plan that he showed visitors um, in Bedminster, 
which we had already knew that the delicious kind of surrounding incident of that was the, the writers working on Mark Meadows' memoir were the, the audience for this particular bit of uh, national security information. Um, so, you know, just kind of uh, expanding the the scope a little bit, building upon some things that we had already heard about and then looping in this new guy, which just kind of like completes this image of you have Trump and then you have these like almost cartoonish stoogy guys who are texting about like loyalty to quote the boss, you know, and are conspiring, trying to figure out ways how to wipe the servers. And then you've got the poor guy who's like in charge of the security footage being like, I don't know how to do that. Also, I don't think I'm allowed I don't think to that's do allowed. that. <laughs> well, and the, and the, the sad thing, I mean, look, I, I I don't know if it's sad or not. It's or depending, it sort of depends on which meaning of the word sad we're talking about. But the Nada guy, this new guy, and I think I saw that. And, and with the new guy, it wasn't clear to me whether he's a property manager or like the property manager for the whole place. I would think that the property manager for the whole place is a pretty you know, pretty big position. I mean, it's like a big hotel. I mean, you know, I don't know what it, what do you want to call it, club or, 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 or whatever. But in any case, and I think I saw that the new guy, D'Elevera, um, was a valet for Trump, I guess, before he was president and that he was later um, uh, promoted to a property manager or the property manager at Mar-a-Lago. But the thing that really comes out to me is that these guys aren't like high rollers, they're they're you know kind of I mean in the in the a valet is a servant, right? I mean it's a it's servant body man whatever. These are not people with like lots of resources, and by whatever means, Trump has basically for now gotten them to go along with looking at serious jail time for him, where there's no doubt they could just call up Jack Smith and say, hey, can can we work something out? Right? So, you know, there's no no question at all. And so the part that Kate just, that you just mentioned about when he says he'll line him up with a lawyer, well, you know, who's that lawyer work for? Obviously, Donald Trump. And that, the nature of that representation, there's only one way to go about it. You're not going to say, oh, lawyer who's, who's being paid by Trump. Can we let's talk to Jack Smith about making a deal for my cooperation? That's obviously not happening, and it it's not. I don't. It's it's very hard to um, it's hard to know in those cases uh, if you're dealing with someone who doesn't have a lot of experience being like a you know being a felon. Uh, do they know kind of the full range of of vulnerabilities they're facing? You know, the, 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 the time they're facing, the fact that they could just make it all go away just by telling the truth to the prosecutor. I mean, that's the kind of the, I don't know if it's weird or sad or just a kind of a big vulnerability out there for Trump when these guys realize what they're, you know, what they've signed on for. Um, and and I will I will say one other point. If it was anybody else or certainly if it was a Democrat, you'd have everybody in Washington saying that it's disgusting. They're kind of leading these people, the, 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 the guys leading these people with them to jail. Mm-hmm. You know, having these people, inducing these people to, you know, kind of throw their lives away. I mean, I don't, I don't know if how, for obstruction exactly. Are they, are they, are the, are, is the new guy, is, is he just on an obstruction charge or is he also looped in on the unlawful, you know, unlawful possession use you know, hiding of, of classified documents. I mean, I, I think, I think false statements is up to five years and, and like without a previous conviction, you never get five years, but obstruction's a more serious thing. You, you definitely do jail time for obstruction. Uh, in any case, it's just sort of like, it's weird, right? Yeah. And it's also like what you just laid out is also kind of even a good faith version of what could happen. Like that's what would happen if Trump actually did get this guy, like a a decent lawyer, you know, and you're, you're totally right. It's like the, it's the same kind of thing of how like, does HR work for the employees? No, it works for the company, right? It's like this lawyer is going to work for Trump. And that's like, if Trump even ends up getting him a lawyer, which I 
not sure I would put a lot of money on. Like that that's something that's going to be in Trump's head for more than the passing moment than when people were like, mm, this guy's going to be a loose thread we should tie up. And he's like, yeah, yeah, let me call him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I it's it's uh it's it's funny. I mean, there's also I was I was reading an email from a you know a former federal prosecutor type who who kind of understands how these things work and one one question about the superseding indictment is why is there a superseding indictment like do we think that there's you know one possibility is that they have you know a significant new evidence now that they didn't have previously that's possible but like what what ex- does that really make sense? That's not, it's not obvious why that would be the case. You know, this guy had already talked, presumably they have all of the, um, presumably they, they have all the, whatever electronic evidence that they're basing this on, presumably they have all that. One possibility is that they, uh, you know, some maybe, they're still working on that one aspect of the case, but for whatever reasons, they felt like they needed to indict Trump within a certain timeline. So they went ahead and did that, get back to this other thing later. Another is that conceivably, maybe this is part of upping the pressure on this one dude. Um, but why wouldn't you just indict him at the beginning and let him squirm? I've, I even saw some speculation that um, it's possible that this has something to do with uh, trying to get some more options for the scheduling of the trial. I mean, who knows? Who knows? And at some level, may not matter. But it is kind of a, it, it you know, been investigating for a long time. Why would you come back with more later? Um, right. And and you know, maybe the simplest evidence is just, they just solidified some more evidence. Who knows? But it's it it is kind of a question that doesn't have an obvious answer. And the biggest sadness in the superseding indictment is that it doesn't include confirmation of the reports that um, they had flooded the pool to try to get at the servers, which like, yeah, I just I want that to be true so much because that's such like a madcap, like little kid idea of like, how do we do this? <laughs> well, know? does it does does the new indictment and I, I'll, I'll be honest with you, I got like halfway through the indictment myself last night. I haven't, I haven't finished, you know, going through it word for word. Does, but does the new indictment throw that into doubt or it just doesn't confirm it? I think it just doesn't confirm it. Yeah. Well, cause one of the, ba- <laughs> one of the basic things, you know, I've been doing, I've been doing some projects with water recently, right? And when you're working with water and how to get water to do things, the pretty foundational thing is that water goes downhill, right? It, 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 it floods from a high place to a low place. So one thing I wasn't quite clear, like, did they design the pool so the overflow is into the place where they keep the servers? You know, I mean, like, how is it even like, it's, it's not, it's not, I mean, yes, it's madcap, but it's not even obvious that like you can do that. I mean, is, are the servers beneath the pool? So if you pull out the, you pull out the stopper, it goes down into the servers. Like it's the whole thing is, (laughs) <laughs> I'm picturing Trump and these two guys doing like a bucket brigade from the pool to the server room being like, oh, no. <laughs> oh, no, it flooded. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, who knows? I guess we're not going to solve that one, but that would be a kind of a, a cherry on the top. Yeah. And so do you have uh, top of your mind when obviously the scheduling stuff has been such a point of consternation, but when kind of the next step in the doc stuff goes forward, is that still? Well, I, well OK, so the. The the decision that the judge, um, Aileen, uh, uh, wait, Cannon. Connor, wait, what Cannon? is her last name? It's Cannon, Cannon. right? Right, you know, you're right, Cannon. I'm, I'm losing it. Um, so she she uh, made a trial date in late May, 2024. So that's kind of that is the that's that's the trial date for right now. Obviously, it's a bit of a placeholder. Um, and what some people were concerned about is that, okay, so that's there. And do you, but so, so let's say by the time all you listeners are listening right now, we've, we have a January 6th indictment. Okay. So whoever gets that indictment, uh, presumably in Washington, DC, can they schedule it before the, 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 the Mar-a-Lago case in May? You know, this is, that's a pretty, Com- probably a pretty complex case and maybe not 
right? Maybe there's not enough time to to do all the discovery and whatever you need to do and schedule it to have enough time, you know, so they don't they don't uh, 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 bump into each other. And if that's the case, maybe that judge says, okay, we've got to go after the documents case. So maybe the judge in the January 6th case says, okay, late May for the documents case, we'll, we'll give that case, you know, six weeks to run. So we are going to set ours in July. Okay. So now we've got the big cases scheduled for May and July. What people were concerned about is now Connor down in Florida, you know, who basically works for Trump, Cannon. right? Uh, Cannon. <laughs> you want her to be named Connor so bad. I know. What is my problem? <laughs> Cannon, right. Okay. Judge Cannon down in Florida, who still works for Trump, even though she's named Cannon, right? Okay. So now she's basically in charge of the scheduling for both cases because remember, hers is first up. So there's a million reasons cases get delayed for good reasons, or just if the judge wants to delay it. And the delays of the Mar-a-Lago case are going to force delays in the January 6th case. So now the Trump stooge judge down in Florida, Cannon, 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 right, is in charge of the scheduling of both. And so that's kind of where that is um, right now. And and uh, I even saw some speculation that this, you know, superseding indictment might be a way to kind of push it a little later. And that, and that, then the January. I mean, obviously, it's just endless speculation. Who totally. knows? It's probably, probably none of it is true. That just kind of random judges trying to schedule it around their vacation, yeah. right? In 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 uh, in 2024. But that's the that is the next thing. I believe it's uh, something like the 24th of May, 2024 is the, is currently when that case is scheduled. It is so funny the little like kind of cottage industry of like reading into parts of these cases that are like frankly ridiculous and really the pinnacle of that exercise. I don't know if you saw it, but it was um, what Anderson Cooper and um, Dana Bash, I think on CNN, who uh, the day that Jack Smith was caught coming out of Subway, they were like, what a what a statement that he's he's not afraid of Trump. He's just he's going around his life, you know, like going to Subway, you know, it's just what an incredible statement. It's like, dude, a statement of what? That the man eats lunch? Just eating a sandwich. Yeah, that, that's what it is. That's what it is. No, totally, yeah. totally, totally. There was, wait, what was, there was, um, oh, I think, I mean, this is sort of not a legal point exactly, but when I was, when I was reading the commentary about the superseding indictment and reading what I read of it, one of the things that struck me is that this case has become kind of a joke at the level of evidence they have against Trump. Mm. I mean, at this point, it's like they all but have him on tape saying, I need you to obstruct justice. Cool. And then, and one of his lackeys says, like, you got it, boss. Going to go obstruct justice. And, just, and you know, Trump says, thank, I'll get you a lawyer. You know, I mean, it's, the, the evidence is so overwhelming. I mean, the evidence, obviously, of just having the documents and again, it's it's one of these things. There's there's no the way that law is structured. There's some kind of like de facto ambiguity with a president, kind of like, well, just so recently you could have them, and maybe there's a misunderstanding what you took back to your house and everything. But the way the law is actually structured, you just can't have them. And if you say like, wow, they got stuck in my pocket and I didn't know, too bad. It, it's it's just you can't have them. Um, but also on the obstruction stuff. It's the evidence is so overwhelming. It's it's you know anybody in the universe would plea out here, besides Donald Trump. It's it's that like it's it's that um, it's that rock solid. And frankly, I don't even think there's anything that Cannon can really do for him. She can delay it. That she can definitely do that. But the the facts are so overwhelming. She just doesn't have any room to kind of make decisions that are gonna help him so anyway that's my yeah so like you mentioned up top you know in terms of indictment watch january 6th uh and we we haven't mentioned this but this came out post our last pod our listeners are i'm sure are aware but the that trump's lawyers um went to meet with jack smith which is like the kind of now that's the habitual step before the indictments unleashed um you know giving the defense kind of a an opportunity of like, if there's anything else you want to tell us, now's the moment, you know, if you've got some get out of jail free card, this is the time to play it. Yep. So, and that was what, Tuesday or Wednesday of this week, I think. Um, no, I think Wednesday. I think it was, okay. I think it was Wednesday. I think it was Wednesday. And now we're recording this Friday. Um, 
And people are doing their usual kind of trying to read into grand jury schedules and questioning like the dudes who stand by the door at the courthouse and stuff. You know what? Actually, I think it was yesterday. Thursday? Thursday. Yeah, because because if I'm okay. So with that, with with the uh, January 6th grand jury, I believe it normally meets on Tuesday and Thursday. And they were also having the sort of. I mean, it's it's not really come to Jesus, it's run away from Jesus, but you know, the kind of the final meeting the same day, and we were talking basically, you know, they're not going to vote on it the same day they have that final meeting, right? Mm-hmm. There's just kind of, you're not going to run over to the grand jury and get the kind of, so I think it was actually yesterday. You're right, it was, it was that. on Thursday. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we're, uh, that one is kind of impending, and then there was some like kerfuffle in Georgia where they erected these barriers outside the Fulton County courthouse, which oh, had I didn't see that. Yeah, which had everyone kind of thinking like, oh man, is this a kind of preemptive for the indictment to drop? And in reality, there there's like kind of a few sort of um big cases cook in there. It's not necessarily Trump. Um and I guess we already have kind of a loose schedule of when we're expecting the stuff out of Fulton. Isn't it something like something in the first half of August? Like they have a, yeah. So they have in, in, at least down there, there's, as you said, it's kind of, we've known for a couple months that like, it's, it's kind of on hold until like the second week of August or something like that. I mean, obviously. I mean, everyone's being really jumpy. Um, And yeah, uh, I mean, we could be surprised, who knows, but it seemed that's still, you know, that's, coming soon to a theater near you. Um, So those are the other kind of two big felony indictment ones that we're on the watch for. And then like you previewed in our intro, Josh, when I tell you that I tried to put a list of like the various legal entanglements Trump is involved in, and it was a just ludicrous endeavor. Like I knew that there were a lot of cases that it's hard to keep in your brain at once because they haven't been in the news for a long time and they've been kind of superseded by these bigger cases. But it's just ridiculous. The list is endless. And then you have his kind of like, you know, the I almost it's almost like communicating via lawsuit type stuff, which is where you have like Trump and then his niece, Mary Trump, like suing and counter suing over, you know, her memoir or him cutting her out of the inheritance. Like you've got that kind of low level stuff. Um, and I, I'm going to kind of read some of these for comedy. But the, the big two that Josh, you previewed um, is the, the Tish James one out of New York, which is you know, she says that she's uncovered kind of a decade-long pattern of financial wrongdoing um, at the Trump exor- organization and wants, you know, $250 million back. She wants to kind of ban Trump and, and the top children from running a company in New York again, you know, would kind of boot the organization out you, of the you know, state. When you, when, when you say that the top children, that's probably unintentionally so apt that it's sad, <laughs> They're not, oh, yeah. they're not worried about Barron or or uh, the, or the daughter. What's the daughter Tiffany. with Lola Maples? Yeah, Tiffany. They're, oh, they're, yeah. It's, it's I mean, only top right. in every way. <laughs> top yeah. in his affections and yeah, exactly. top in the organization. Exactly, exactly, exactly. Um, so that court, uh, that trial will start on October 2nd, per the judge, come hell or high water in response to the Trump's camp kind of trying to do the scheduling evasion they usually do. Um but I mean, that would be a big deal. And, you know, maybe most importantly, it if she's successful, this lawsuit would pull the Trump organization's papers of incorporation. And that would mean that Trump can no longer draw revenue from, you know, the New York, his various New York properties and, and the rent that's going in there, which is like a you know, especially the commercial rents. That's a pretty big revenue stream for a right. guy who gets sued every other day. <laughs> so. Right, right. Well, does it is so how how does that how does that work though? I mean, presumably those properties aren't confiscated from him. Does he have to reincorporate them in another jurisdiction? Guess, right? or, yeah, yeah. Because mm-hmm. I think because I remember when you know this uh, something quite similar happened with the NRA because the uh-huh. NRA is you know despite. Uh, you know, basically being uh, running out of uh, Virginia for forever, uh, the NRA, because in the distant past, it was a normal sort of like, you know, non-fascist organization is incorporated in the state of New York. 
and 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 so uh, th- they did this investigation. They took away its incorporation, and what that means, um, I, it, it it was a pretty big. It, it was a pretty big deal. You got to reincorporate, and and um, it's a big deal, right? It's it's a really big deal. But I don't I don't think I don't think his I don't think Trump's property would be confiscated. I mean, maybe what it would be is that if they get a judgment for two hundred fifty million dollars, they they basically put liens on all his things because obviously he's never going to cough up the money voluntarily, right? Um, but uh, yeah, I mean that's a big. That's a big deal, right? The one, and, I, I would okay. say the only the only thing that uh, the only thing that I would I would doubt about Tish James' claim is that she discovered a long term period, you know, <laughs> uh, corruption. Because what is there to discover? I mean, everybody knows he he's like he operates as a total sleazeball, um, right? But but the you know, I'm sure it's there. I think we all I think we all realize it's there. It's just if someone with a with an interest in kind of putting it all together. Uh, gets elected attorney general, which obviously is what happened. Right. Um, and, you know, like I said, the the quote unquote top children, this involves Ivanka and Don Jr. and Eric, who are all executives of the Trump organization, um, which would be a kind of interesting because obviously Don Jr. has kept himself, uh, you know, I wouldn't, in, the, in the public eye is too generous. In the kind of eye of like right wing fringy people who are on Rumble and like like his kind of crazy like he's become like an all right influencer basically. Right, exactly. Yeah, That's a good yeah, way to put it. Yeah, yeah. Um, so he's been there, but you know, Ivanka has really kind of ducked out of the spotlight. Really, you know, since the election overthrow attempts, like she kind of. She and Jared, I guess, decided, you know, we got what we're going to get from this situation. So let's just scuttle away now. Yeah, move on. We're going yeah, legit. Exactly. And yeah, I guess I have nothing to say about Eric because I don't really, I, well, I don't here, know what he's been up to. Well, here's the thing with, I don't, my sense is with, this is kind of interesting to me because if we go back to, well, if you go all the way back to the Apprentice days, Ivanka and Don Jr. were guest judges. I mean, mm. I know this because I did, my wife and I did watch The Apprentice. So they were guest judges. Eric, I don't think, was ever a guest judge. And even in 2015, 2016, the presentation was, you know, Don Jr.'s the guy. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe maybe Ivanka's kind of the guy too. But Eric is just the kind of the, just the freak that, that whatever, he barely makes it into being a top child even, right? Yeah. But my sense is is that as Don Jr. has gotten more and more into the alt-right thing, that you've seen kind of Eric come into his own. Like he seems more and more involved with the business, you know, getting involved with his own crimes and his own political stuff. So I think Eric has, has, has ascended, even as, 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 as Don Jr. has gonna, kind of gone you know, behind the music. If you know what God, I mean. it's just like impossible to not imagine these people as the succession kids being like, oh, I think it should be me. <laughs> totally, totally, totally. So, um, yeah. So that's a big one. And then the other kind of top of the one is, you know, we saw Eugene Carroll got, you know, won the case, got $5 million from Trump. That was back in April. And then what happened is she had initially filed a lawsuit in 2019. That was not this one that she just won. That one was kind of got tangled up because um, the Justice Department made the argument that he just, you know, his disparagement of her was part of his presidential duties. So he's like, he's got immunity. He's shielded. Um, But then what happened there is the Justice Department now dropped its argument that Trump, that that was part of his presidential duties. So that kind of clears the tangle in that case. And that second defamation trial, which Carol has added new claims onto because Trump has continued to disparage her, that is on track to start in January. Okay. I saw, okay, that's interesting because I thought the new, I, I thought wrongly that that the new trial was entirely because of the things he said after the verdict. But so, so you're saying that there was there was going to be a new suit, but then she added the new stuff after she won the the first. Right. That's right. 
Got mm-hmm. it. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. So combination of kind of the old case getting unstuck and then her adding the new fodder that he said after the old case was decided. Now, how does, okay. So if she's, if she's, if she was, if she was going back for another go at Trump, even if he hadn't said those new things, mm-hmm. there must be more, I mean, since she won the first case and she won $5 million, there must be more that, that the DOJ getting out of the way made possible. Do we know what those are? I mean, because at least on his face, she won. She won a bunch of money. Why? Like, it seems like the DOJ didn't get in her way very much. Do we know what the what what the additional things she could get from him without without I don't, that? Yeah, I don't know about that. I wonder if I wonder if um, well, this is this is what you this is what you come up against when you're dealing with the Trump docket. There's the yeah. things has so many different so many different. Uh, 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 permutations and, and and limbs that it's now. Let me ask you one other question. I thought that, um, in the process of her bringing suit, or maybe this is what initially led her to bring suit, that New York State changed its statute of limitations That's with right. civil lawsuits. So how does that fit into the mix? That fits in because it's um, how she made her claims that were about the sexual assault itself and not the defamation. So this new law basically gave like a one year grace period for people, um, you know, who were survivors of sexual assault to file claims against the, uh, the person who assaulted them, even if the statute of limitations had run out. So that's how you get in the claim, the, the sexual abuse stuff and not just the more tangential defamation stemming from the sexual abuse. Right. Yeah, exactly. And so did, did she file originally just for the defamation and then that that's law right. came up? Interesting, interesting. And that's and so, what sparked the second lawsuit. Be also because this first one, like we said, ha- was entangled in that question of presidential immunity then. Interesting, interesting. And so and so the New York State law basically created a one year um a one year opening that sort mm-hmm. of regardless of when the acts happen, kind of from the date of from the date of the legislation for 12 months, here's your chance to go back and, okay, got it. Interesting. Exactly. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. So that's, so we've, go ahead, we've covered that. Well, one. it's also just like, it's so, it's funny to me that, you know, she gets $5 million. She like, she wins, she gets this big payday. And then he immediately starts talking more shit. And she's like, well, we're going back to court in that case. <laughs> you know, like, I, I feel like it would be a totally valid argument if by that point she was kind of like, you know, I won, I got what I came here for. He had to kind of, to some degree, answer to this stuff. People have learned about it. But instead, she's like, and we're back. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, get, you know, I mean, look, I mean, she at the end of the day, she wants to punish him good reason. I mean, mm-hmm. on both counts, both for what happened initially and for attacking her over it. And clearly she's up for more. Yeah. You know, I mean, didn't he, I thought I heard that. I mean, cause my, my lack of total satisfaction when, when you have these verdicts is always that I figure like, well, somehow he's going to never pay it. Pay it so yeah. whatever. But I thought I heard that soon after that, he actually had to basically put Five million dollars into an escrow account in I saw New that York as State. Well. Yeah. I guess subject to appeal, so she doesn't get it yet. But basically, basically that means that when the appeals are exhausted, she gets the money. It's not mm-hmm. in his hands anymore. So she's, you know, that's that's good money. Yeah, I, I read her book where she first made this accusation, um, and you know, it's there's the premise of it, right. Is like throughout her book, she's talking about like her hideous men list of like men who have attacked her or treated her badly throughout her life. And it's, it's so weird that the book is also really funny, even with this really dark stuff, because it's intertwined with her journey around America, where she's like asking women, random women that she runs into in the street, like what are men good for? Um, but I, I wonder, I, you know, part of this is like, there's just so much accumulated stuff in there. And part of that comes from the fact that she was this very, you know, still is, but you know, very kind of like high profile New York magazine writer back when that was like in the sex in the city heyday where that could make you a celebrity. So she did brush up against a bunch of these, you know, 
big, famous, horrible men who we've only recently started like reckoning with in any way. I just wonder if there is like some kind of emotional snowball effect where she's like finally kind of empowered to do something about at least one of them. And then he decides to go run his mouth and it's like, well, we're going back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I totally get it. And I mean, like, I, I think that I would, well, I, I would have no idea, but it seems from uh, it seems from her actions that she has processed the the I mean any woman who is going through what you need to go through either to criminally or civilly um, hold someone into account for assault or rape or or whatever. There's obviously a lot of. Uh, there's a lot of uck that goes in, mm -hmm. you know, there's a lot of pain, uck, everything that goes in with that. And presumably she's either already processed the uck and she's just down to kind of, you know, punish him even more, or she is just, this is kind of her mission at this point. And, and it's, it's really, <laughs> the thing with Trump is, I think even most of the worst men they may go and rape other women after they lose their case, but they're probably not going to go back and defame the same woman the next day. Like, that know, is like a no-brainer. That's not hard. He's such a dumbass. It's like he just can't shut his mouth for more than 30 seconds. So it's like, yeah, good. I mean, it's, it's just like it's so ridiculous. It's just none of this stuff like makes any dent in how he behaves ever so it's just like it might as well see if you can like go back to the well you know <laughs> no and 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 it's you know we've seen something similar with uh with jack smith that mm -hmm. you know during the Mueller probe he attacked Mueller, but not a lot yeah and not really directly it was mainly all the 59 Democrats and Hillary supporters working for Mueller and all this kind of stuff. But he didn't go right at Mueller. And he's every day saying about Jack Smith, he's a crooked, out of control freak. And I'm not, you, you know, you don't see a lot of this stuff, you, the, the listeners, because it's all on true social and you, know, you don't only kind of hear it as it gets picked up by other news organizations. But the kind of thing that, first of all, any other defendant would probably get hit with additional charges for threatening, you know, kind mm -hmm. of threatening violence against against the uh, against the prosecutor, and you know, and this is this is kind of in some ways I think it's kind of the point of this episode that, and and we sort of alluded to it that Trump needed to put that $5 million into escrow for Gene Carroll. Uh, we have all absorbed the seeming reality that nothing matters for Trump. Mm -hmm. No matter, no matter what he does, no matter if he gets indicted, no matter if he gets sued, no matter if he loses somehow or another, there's always another appeal. There's always another nonsensical thing. And Either because he's Trump or because he's a former president, there's always another bite at the apple. And, and the can is just, uh, you know, perpetually kicked down the road. And whatever happens, he's still down hanging out with whatever his not, latest Nazi best friend is down in Mar-a-Lago. But what we seem to be seeing over the next 15 months during 2024, the kicking in the can, the making excuses, the putting it off until forever seems to be running out of steam. And now all of these things are actually coming to trial. And, um, you know, maybe he's going to get lucky in Florida because he's got a stooge judge. But like, I don't think he's going to get that lucky in D.C. or maybe Georgia. Yeah. Or maybe even New York. Right. I mean, at the end of the day, you get convicted and then you get sentenced and, and then they, they walk you out. Um, and as we've discussed, the big thing obviously is like everything really at this point is whether he can delay things through, not, not even so much through the 2024 election, but until January 2025. And 
if he wins, he just makes it all go away. But that kind of means that like now everything is on the line for winning the election. And if he doesn't, he's going to do a lot of, you know, probably the rest of his life in prison. Yeah. And I, I want to append an asterisk to what I said about him being a dumbass, which I do think he is in some ways. But also, you're totally right that the, you know, the the speaking out after you just lost a defamation case and stuff, it's some part dumbassery and boorishness. But it's also what you're saying. It's just like when you've been unaccountable your whole life. I mean, clearly the justice system doesn't work the same way for you, which is why it really is so just like so rich to see the whole right wing being like, he's being specially targeted, the weaponization. It's like, if you treated Trump like a normal person off the street in any of these we cases. We wouldn't be here. We wouldn't <laughs> yeah, be exactly. Here. Um, yeah, but no, you're totally right. And it's this kind of thing where we're always have to fight against the Teflon Don 2016 thing where it's like, well, it, it doesn't work the same way for him. Like things that used to be conventional wisdom just don't apply anymore. And it's like, no, getting indicted is not good for Trump. And that does not mean that his hardcore people who have his face tattooed on their bodies, like ju- even if they love him throughout, that does not mean that it's a good thing. For normal people, that's weird and that's bad. And they don't want a president who's like in and out of court all the time and trying to evade jail. It's not a good thing. And all of these court dates, all eight gajillion of them are going to hit while he's running for an election, you know, he's going to have trials on the same day as caucuses and like briefings do on the same day of debates. And it's going to be a constant topic of conversation. And right now it hasn't come up all that much because Biden wisely is trying to not have any kind of appearance of impropriety of, you know, using his presidential pedestal to go after, you know, his presumed opponent. And then all the guys in the and women in the Republican primary are not doing it because they're afraid of alienating Trump's people. But once we get into the general, like it's going to be a different landscape. And this stuff is going to get talked about all the time. And you're going to have just the very mundane nature of calendared court events to keep it in the conversation. So, I mean, we really are at a point where he is just running, 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 trying to get elected before the cows come home because they're just they're getting closer. You know, it, the, the circle is shrinking and he's at the middle of it. There, there's two points for with what you just said. The first is to your point about 2016, nothing matters. Trump's different, blah, 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 blah. I do think one of the things that there was a a brief liminal and ephemeral moment of reckoning uh, after the 2022 election mm-hmm. is that, so yeah, 2016 worked out pretty well for Trump. There's no question about it. 2018, he got, his party got routed basically. Okay. 2020, he lost and they lost control of the Senate. And then 2022, we're obviously his party's going to have a great time because, you know, it's the first midterm election for uh, the president as the opposite party. And they, they didn't even do well then. So basically, they've had three straight disappointing and or losing elections. So like, and that was really the thing and what made DeSantis a thing. Because a lot of Republicans kind of stepped back after 2010, 2022 and said, what the fuck? Like, this guy's a loser, man. I mean, this guy is like dragging us down. Um, so that is, uh, that's the first point, And I can't remember. <laughs> Wait, yeah, at this point, what was the other? God damn, what was the other? Was it um, like about the election and timing stuff? It or? was the timing stuff. Oh, God. Um, oh, here's what it was. Joe's probably going to leave that in. Whatever. If he leaves it in, you know who to blame. Okay. <laughs> so the other big thing is, and this is something to do with with the technicalities of the documents case, and it may have a it may have another version of this for the January sixth thing. Most of us don't understand. Most of us understand you can't you can't share classified documents. We understand things are classified. That means you can't show them to other people. Okay. But the ins and outs of like which of the 10 layers of classification is is worstest and bestest and all this kind of stuff and what a president can have and can't have. Uh, at some level, you kind of 
take the government's word for it. Not what the not what the defendant did, but what the law is. Like mm-hmm. you can't do this, you can't do that. But at a certain level, we're you know most of us aren't really familiar with that. I have some familiarity with it because I've covered these cases before. But I think when you see stuff like this, when the defendant says, "Hey, go get the server, erase the server," understood? Everybody understands you can't do that. You you can't be under investigation and be like erasing stuff. That's just everybody understands that. And I think that's why in a lot of ways, even though it is, it's less, you know, it's not the bigger crime, it's more damning because everybody understands that. You just can't do that. You can't, you can't be getting your employees to go and like, you know, take the, take the, the videotape and like, and, and throw it in the swimming pool. It's just, you just can't do that. Um, so those things end up being, I think a little more damning for him than in some ways than the things itself. And we may have something like that in January 6th. Yeah. I don't know. We'll see. So to finish us off, I just want to um, offer up a little charcuterie tray of the other lawsuits that Trump is fending off currently that, you know, don't make the top of our list, but nevertheless, you know, in some of these, he's been deposed. Some of them have trial dates set. These are like the dwarf planets circulating outside the big solar system, if you will. Yes. So we have the whole tranche of like January 6th related stuff. You've got a group of House Democrats. Then you've got a separate one that Swalwell is kind of leading using a different, um, you know, statute to sue under. You have like some Capitol Police officers. So there's like a whole bunch of stuff going on there. Um, On those ones, if I can ask you, what are they suing like the House Democrats, Swalwell, what are they suing for? Are they suing Trump personally? And like for what damage to them? Or are they, how does it work? What are they suing for? Do we know the dynamics of those? I assume that with the police, they're they're saying, I got my head bashed in and you're responsible. And, <laughs> right. and, and, and which makes perfect sense. And, and it's, it's funny. So sort of the backstory here is that uh, Kate and I, either yesterday or the day before yesterday, we're kind of planning out this episode and we, we get the concept. We're going to go through all the other cases. And it ends with my saying, hey, you come up with the list, okay? You come up with the master list or find a master list of all the cases. So this is what I I, I condemned Kate to having to go through when there's actually, <laughs> turns out there's like 9 billion uh, cases. If you actually want to want to look at every single person who has sued Trump and still has an ongoing, an ongoing case. But anyway, so yeah. those are the January six ones, and they just get goofier from there. Like here, you've got some people who are suing, taking us back to the Marshall's favorite show, The Apprentice, suing um, Don Trump Jr., Eric, Ivanka, as well as Senior for promoting a multi-level marketing scheme on The Celebrity Apprentice. <laughs> Saying that they lost thousands of dollars from this MLM. <laughs> oh, so not like contestants, like like people who just got scammed by some yeah. thing they had going on Slug. Okay, got it, got it, got it. I and thought it was like going, someone wrongful non non hiring as apprentice or something. But no, okay. So and that's going to trial in January 2024. Um, you've got the various kind of Michael Cohen is one of these people who kind of lives his life by the mantra of that's like, if you're just like a big, loud, annoying pain in the ass, like sometimes you're going to get what you want simply because people don't want to deal with you. And it's easier to kind of like capitulate than to like keep tolerating you. Right. And I I think these actions are kind of in that vein for him. Um, He was suing for like a whole bunch of kind of back fees, um, you know, during the the Russia investigation and the hush money payments and testifying to Congress and all this kind of stuff. And he's like, you owe me in the neighborhood of $2.3 million to kind of like cover my time and my efforts during all of this, which was actually, this was going to go to trial on last Friday, but they settled. Oh, We don't know how much, but there was a settlement. Oh, interesting. Uh, that I mean, honestly, that I mean, two point three million dollars. I mean, that's not that. I mean, even for Trump, not being a billionaire, it's not that much money. And you could figure that, like, in a trial, it's not going to be some some bad is going to come out, right? For Trump, and I mean, regardless of how many of of his out of pocket expenses, I mean, the guy like went to prison for like for 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 covering up Trump's 
having sex with these with one playmate and Stormy Daniels. I mean, yeah. Well, I, he I wants payment for that too. <laughs> separately. Yeah. Oh, that's a, <laughs> that's a different suit. This is a different suit. Yeah, oh, he sued okay. Trump and Bill Barr and like a ton of prison officials and stuff. Um, I don't know to kind of just due to his stint there and Why he also not? thinks yeah. he was unjustly put in solitary and and everything like that that case has been dismissed but he is fighting on appeal so stay tuned Interesting. and that Interesting. brings us to um my favorite of all the cases which is eddie grant who is a composer slash performer behind the 80s disco reggae mega hit electric avenue has sued Trump in federal court in Manhattan, where he wants $300,000 for copyright infringement because Trump, he says that Trump made an unauthorized use of the dance floor staple during the 2020 campaign um, in the background of like a Biden bashing animation that Trump uh, tweeted. And it was viewed, you know, many millions of times before taking being taken down. Trump has countered that the animation was political satire and is exempt from copyright infringement um, and that the campaign just reposted it. Who knows where it came from? And I, it's so funny because this case seems so small. And yet Trump has been deposed already last year and he and the musician are under strict gag orders. So we have like no idea what's going on. So um, there's uh, an April 24 deadline for, for more evidence to be presented. But I just think it's so funny that like the strictest parameters of all of Trump's many legal entanglements are like the small money copyright infringement case that's been going for like multiple years. You know what's so crazy? I, for some reason, I mean, that that song, Electric Avenue, is like a really is a really good song, right? And I remember when it came out, I thought Eddie Grant had died. I don't know who I'm confusing him with. Yes, I, I'm included, presumably not since he's, <laughs> since, he's, since he's in court. I had no idea. That's a good song. Was that the, and that was the song? Yeah, I guess that, he's 75. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. I mean, you know, obviously uh, um, there, you know, there are many 75-year-olds, uh, you know, most of the people who govern the country are over 75. I had, I, that's so weird. I'm so glad to see he's still around and, and maybe going to get a payout from Trump. That's I know. Wild. It's I also just funny confusing him with because it wasn't that was such a recurring genre during every Trump election that like every walk on song he would use, then there'd be like official statement from whatever being like, we do not endorse this man. We did not give him permission to use our music. And I just like it does kind of delight me that this this one guy is like and, and we're going to go to court for it at that. <laughs> Yeah, isn't his is is he still using um, the Stone song as his kind of like? I thought that was you know you that can't always a, get what you want. That was a big a, one. That was a big one. Yeah, interesting. I don't know. I mean, we'll see. Maybe he'll have a new playlist this time around. But I mean, the problem is if you're only going to use musicians who are like down with conservatives, then you're going to get like it's country a, music a, people and then some kind of like D list, like came in second on American Idol types. Yeah, or you know, people like. Uh, you know who's the who's the faux rapper guy who's big oh, on Kid him. Rock. Yeah, kid, you're in the in the Kid Rock headlined sort of by Kid Rock. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> part of the pond. Or yeah, interesting, interesting. Okay, well, there's a lot of there's a lot of a uh, lot of lawsuits out there, and uh, by the time that you hear this, there'll probably be another big uh, criminal indictment, mm -hmm. possibly. And just just in in case uh, in case it's not the case, we don't. No, a hundred percent. I mean, it's certainly possible that it could go a week more. Maybe, maybe Jack Smith's out of town Tuesday, and and you know they got to wait till Thursday for the for His the grand jury. Got to a be, recital or something. Yeah, who knows? I mean, people have <laughs> people have lives, and and it's it's endless the degree to which uh, uh, reporters, especially, are reduced to trying to come up with a storyline to match the very thin and minimal array of evidence to try to figure out what's happening. But it's probably going to happen pretty soon. Yeah. And I think that meeting, that meeting with the lawyers, that makes it close to a certainty that it's happening. So it's just a matter of, of scheduling when the, when the grand jury is going to vote and that kind of stuff. In any case, we hope you have enjoyed 
this uh, pre-recorded episode of the show. <laughs> should we should we say we're going to have some new stuff coming on the show, or we're just gonna we're gonna leave that as a big surprise, as a little mm, extra? Yeah, maybe extra when things. I get back. Yeah. Okay. We have some. We have some new kind of things coming with the with the show, which I think is going to be pretty cool. Uh, remember, uh, the Josh Marshall podcast is brought to you by Grady's Cold Brew Ice Coffee. You can get twenty five percent off at Grady's Cold with promo code TPM. That's Grady's Cold with promo code TPM. And I guess that's about it. All right. See you next week. Later. The Josh Marshall Podcast is hosted by me, TPM reporter Kate Riga, and TPM founder, editor-in-chief Josh Marshall. The show is produced by Jackie Wilhelm. Thanks to Why Not Jansfeld for our podcast theme song, and thanks to all our TPM members who make this possible. Rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, and subscribe wherever you listen. find cars like these on auto trader like that car riding your tail or if you're tailgating right now all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on auto trader too are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time well multitasking pro cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on auto trader new cars used cars electric cars maybe even flying cars okay no flying cars but as soon as they get invented they'll be on auto trader just you wait auto trader